Hello, welcome to You Haven't Blanked That. I'm Forrest. And this is Jimmy. here to talk about a global classic right a global classic it's a i guess it's an Amer- it it's, yeah it's a beloved story a beloved story yes uh or this week uh we are talking about the hobbit by a known an unknown author of tolkien question mark i don't know how to pronounce question that mark, tolkien tolkien i don't know if you, if you hear if you hear an old game and talk about Tolkien, it's always Tolkien. <laughs> I have actually. Let's get a description. The story uh, is basically a hobbit, which is not a man, but a, a different a halfling, a halfling, who goes on an unexpected adventure, and uh, how one decision one night changes his life forever. So, Forrest, overall, what did you think of the story? I've been reading more fantasy stories because it's one of those things I haven't read a what, lot. Okay, side note, this story aside, what have you been reading? I I got through about half of the Narnia books. Okay. Um, I had read some of them as a child, and I'm just kind of going back and finishing them. Um, maybe that's only one that, that I can point to, but I've read more in the last like year because of this. Okay. You know, with Potter. Oh yeah. And, and other things that we've kind of gone through, and I got a book that was kind of Arthurian. Oh was, okay. Um, that was pretty, I have not finished it, but I, I like, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to, I want to, my broaden is, your reading, I'm kind of broadening my reading a bit. Um, I have something that's kind of fantasy ish that I want to write, uh-huh. but I need some reference. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so this book in general, uh, it was the first time I've, I've tried to watch Lord of the Rings movie, the first one. And at the time I was sick and I was like, Oh, I was gonna do what I used to do when I was sick. When I was sick. I would just sit and watch movies okay. and fall asleep and then wake up and find out where I was in that movie, go back, fall asleep, and either finish it or fall asleep right, and go just... back and just keep finishing up movies. So it would take me like a whole weekend to watch like two or three movies because right. I would just do that all weekend. So I tried doing it with the, the first Lord of the Rings movie years ago uh-huh. and I just wasn't into it. Just I, I was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, get, I get to a point with some movies where I just don't give a shit. And I don't know what it was. Like, I just, I just wasn't into it. The thing about with my reading preferences, mm-hmm. I read a lot of science fiction. I read a lot of fantasy. Like I, I'm, I'm opening up, trying to open up a little bit more to that. True crime. I'm okay with that. Uh, and then just fiction in general. Yeah. Um, I've actually been forcing myself to read more nonfiction, which is, like, great, but at the same time, I'm just now filled with more useless facts in my head. That's kind of, I think, with nonfiction. It's a, I, I kind of do that. And so I'm kind of, like, hit or miss with nonfiction yeah. right now. Um, I, it's got to be something I'm, like, way into. And even with something I'm way into, I'm kind of, like, the writing of nonfiction is a little dry for me sometimes. 
True, like, but like one nonfiction is that Eric Larson guy. I love he that guy. He writes good. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. He writes good nonfiction. Yes, that book, the Devil in the White City, is yes. amazing. So That's is that uh, Manhunt. That oh, did he, write, he didn't write Manhunt, did he? Yeah, right? Did he? I don't no, know. I don't think he did. What else did he write? Um, I know he's written a couple like serial killer books. Like, yeah, he's old, one. But old, but the old Last Dance. The Last Dance. I think it's what it's called. It's basically a serial killer that's on a cruise ship in the nineteen seventeen. Oh, that was pretty dope. That would, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I, he but he he writes good. I mean, I'm not gonna say every nonfiction writer is dry, but a lot of it is a little. Yeah, dry it's for a me. very yeah. But was uh the same thing with like fantasy is that they are very kind of. Well, they build a world, and that takes a while for you to get into before they jump right in. I've got a, a theory a bit on writing. So my two favorite authors growing up, and still for the most part, I mean, they've kind of expanded since then. But when I was in high school was Kerouac and Stephen King. Okay. Those were the two. Kerouac's the one who got me to write, but Stephen King is like the one that fueled the imagination and got me into horror. Yeah. And all that, because it's fucking Stephen King. You know, there weren't a lot of reading options in the 50s when Kerouac was starting to write. And I feel, I, I don't think it's ever said, but reading some of those Kerouac books, like reading this reminded me some of the, of some of the details that Kerouac does when he writes. Oh, okay. Like, I, just the way, you know, well, his thing is, you know, when you're describing an area, you need to paint it like a picture. Like, that's one of his big yeah. rules. And I feel like this does that. Yeah. I, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, when he's describing the setting of where you're at, it describes it as... You know, it's like he's painting the picture. Of yeah, it. Like, yeah. I'm working on this detail over here. Yeah, I like his writing because it's very simple. It's open enough that lets your imagination kind of build its own. You know yeah, I mean? and that's what I feel like Kerouac does a lot. And I think, and I feel like, like I said, you don't ever hear him talk about. You know, I don't, I've read a lot of Kerouac and about Kerouac, but I don't ever see him talking about him like Tolkien. But I think somewhere he had read these books. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I mean, and I know these were popular books, and they've been around. I mean, around the time he would have been. Like that age, picking up and reading things. Yeah, it would have been like that. Because this is one of those books where it's like a teacher was like, "Read, Jimmy." I'm like, "I don't want it." And like then, like I remember just gave me the book, and I'm like, "Ah." Oh. It was probably maybe fifth grade when like I was given this book to read, and I'm like, "Ah." I and then I remember reading it and just kind of just being annoyed because it. Most of the books when I when I read when I was younger were very were written by British authors. Okay. And so they're very like kind of like a, I read a lot of the classics as a kid. Like, and the reason how I got into them was actually Disney. Okay. Because I would read a lot of, like, I like Robin Hood, I like Peter Pan, and, and you know, some of the other stories like that. So I went back and found the books. Yeah. Like, at the library that I, at, at my elementary school. Yeah. But before I met you. Okay. At, at Gilbert. I went to Gilbert before. Okay. So I went to that, so I went to that library and would go back, and like Christmas Carol, like I went back and oh, found yeah. those books, like in the Charles Dickens books, you know. J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. You know, I went back and found those books. I'd go to the library and I would find, like, the original texts from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I read a lot of those early. And then when I was in, like... I remember growing up and seeing Stephen King books all over my aunt's room. Because she was a huge right. Stephen King Because everywhere you go, it would be yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, I mean, King. at that point. And then even with The Simpsons, The Simpsons feel that more because they would make references. To, there was literary references and the only reason why I picked up The Shining from Stephen King was because of the Simpsons episode. Yeah. Is, uh, that, that was why. It was because my dad's like, oh, it's like The Shining. And I'm like, what's The Shining? And he told me about the movie. He goes, it's based on a Stephen King book. Now, Stephen King pops in my brain because I know my Aunt Kelly has to had be Stephen King books littered all over her room. Yeah. So um, when we get to junior high and they make us read, they made us read for like 10 minutes a day. Right. Um, Which was super irritating. It's not enough me. to. It's not enough to get into a story. 
It's like you mean at that point they had to be a magazine or something for you to just. No, I was able to get into. I was able to do it because kind of sometimes depending on the, the book that you get, sometimes the chapters are short and I can read that's pretty true. fast. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's right. I read. Um, I read thinner because they had a bunch of Stephen King books. <laughs> I, had, I read thinner. thinner. Yeah. I read thinner. I read The Shining, and I think I read Misery. So my favorite joke is the thinner joke. Is like, but uh, Bobby does it to me whenever I'm eating, and it makes me mad, but it makes me laugh at the same time. As I take a bite, he just touches my cheek and goes thinner. <laughs> but that was, so and, and that was the other thing. I think the thinner adaptation that came out around the time we were in junior high. It did, yeah. And so I that was the other reason. So then, so then I finished The Shining, and that's why I picked up Thinner. Uh-huh. Um, and I knew Misery had been a movie, and so that's why. So I started picking up Stephen King that way, and that's how I got into Stephen King before I got into Kerouac, and then in high school I got into Kerouac. But I stuck my nose up at a lot of books, Potter, and the, these books probably, uh-huh. because I was like, fuck no, I'm going to read all these fucked up Stephen King books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I... When Thinner came out is when I officially started, like, dipping my toes with Stephen King. Okay. Because I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, if I like these movies, then, like, obviously I'm going to like Stephen King. I mean, but then it was just kind of like where like, you see Stand By Me and you're like, that's the same fucking guy? Like, this is so... I didn't like that. Because at, at that point, I wanted my authors to be dedicated to one type of story uh, so that way I could have Neil Gaiman, and Neil Gaiman breaks that shit fucking hard. Oh, for sure. And then even <laughs> Once like, you start reading Neil, that yeah. shit gets broken fucking hard. Yeah, and then so like, but what, like even then I hated Stephen King forever up until, I don't know, maybe a few years a back because I read The Dark Tower and like that just shattered everything well, I thought about Stephen King. We also had a friend in high school who used to shit on Stephen King stories all the time and I'm like, dude, I don't know why you're shitting on Stephen King because... We all like his stories I mean, regardless of whether you know it or not. Like, yeah. I know, um, I had no idea Green Mile was Stephen King for a long time. Yeah, Shawshank, Stephen yeah. King. Yeah, but, um, Running Man, Stephen King. I know, that's weird. Yeah. So, this book and I still feel like they're building the world. Yeah, so... A lot of this, I feel like, is world building and I, and I like a lot of this. So, let me just give you a little thing about this is just like there's two versions of this story so one is the original version of the story that he wrote in 1917 yes and so it's around world war one yeah this is his world war one take and, and you can see it you can yeah. see all the similarities or like bilbo um all the dwarves come over and they're just kind of like we're like you know we're on a mission regardless if you're ready or not we're leaving now the germans yeah and so they basically the the dwarves are like just the grunts, the soldiers, like, we're going now. And, like, regardless yeah. if you're ready, we're leaving now. And then Bilbo has to go. And yeah. then, like, he even then, like, he's thinking back to his comforts of, like, fuck, I forgot my handkerchief and I forgot my hat and I forgot, like, you know, these luxuries of his old life. But it's too late. You can't turn back now. We're going forward yeah. in this, this story. Yeah. And so, like, I like how, like, there's these small little moments that humanize Bilbo to the point where, you're like, he's thrust into this adventure regardless if he wants to do it or not because yeah they decided but um this story was written boom done let's move on uh tolkien wrote other stories and then he wrote yeah does he what other i mean is he known for anything outside of these really or no mainly his, his I mean, fantasy story well he kind of wrote fantasy stuff here and there i don't know if he wrote anything like because i know like c.s lewis like for example he did other things besides narnia yeah, he. I mean, uh, clearly. But, I mean, I'm sure Tolkien did more than just the, these books so, too. But the like, Hobbit was not supposed to be a prequel. It wasn't. No, it was because the thing is, like, even when like uh, Bilbo finds the ring, it's not an evil ring. It's just a magic ring. You know what I mean that makes him invisible. Okay. But then in the Lord of the Rings, 
it's a corrupted ring. I mean, it's evil. Well, they kind of message, and maybe because they updated the book that I maybe I read it, listened to a version where they updated it because I've heard that they've kind of updated things. Yeah, they have because that's what the second version of the book is like more. They try to like make it the prequel to the Lord of the Rings. Like it's kind of official, non-official prequel story would be the Cimmerillion, and that's all the legends of the lore to the prequel. Because the thing is, like, so where does it all stand? So if you're doing it chronologically, would it be Cimmerillion, Hobbit? The Cimmerillion basically is gives you the entire world's background about the gods and how they created, like you know, like everything, everything and how and just. But it's just bits. You know what I mean, it's not like a, a story. I've heard. I've heard it's like a lot of short stories, kind of. Yeah. Okay. And then so, um, that kind of gives you the basis of what you need to know for the Lord of the Rings. But as for the Hobbit, I mean, it's it's they have similar characters that are mentioned in the stories, but it's they've kind of redconned it to be to work to work. Okay. You know what I mean, but I mean, it's it's okay because like you can see that. It, oh, you haven't read. Lord of the Rings, but no, like, yet, yes. but it's uh, there's a difference for sure. I mean, obviously, one's written like years before the other ones were, so it's like, yeah, it makes it makes a difference. But the story wise, I mean, it, it all works. We we see uh, Gollum in the story. We see uh, the Elven King. We see like I mean, like it's the story itself is is good. I mean, I remember being in like fifth grade being forced to read it i read it for the summer um i liked it because reading the story itself is very much like fucking grandpa's telling you a story you know what i mean it's just because like the 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 prose and the the writing is very much like and kind of kind of jump into the movie a bit i kind of like how they which movie you, the first hobbit movie okay the first thing the well, cartoon was, not the cartoon the the peter jackson hobbit movie. okay yeah, yeah. i kind of like how they frame it with him writing, but using Tolkien's words. Yes. I kind of like how they framed it that way. Because I was looking, I always look at the cast when I'm reading a book, if there's uh-huh. a movie made, um, to get an idea of who, who whose cast is who, and what it was. And it kept popping up with Elijah Wood, and I'm like, that character, I, I know a few things about this, and I know that character doesn't pop up to Lord of the Rings. Right. And then I'm like, oh, well, they added all this shit at the beginning of the Hobbit movie. Right. And yeah, did you watch the old Hobbit one, like the old nineteen seventies cartoon one? Yeah, that's the that's the one I I watched before because I remember like because I read the story. Okay, so you've seen that one so, before oh, this? Yeah, so I read the oh no, I read the story in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and in sixth grade, uh, my teacher Mrs. Hobbs, I think was her Hobbs, name. Okay. She was like, "Hey, like, I was told that you read this book and you were supposed to give me a report. Did you read it?" I'm like, "Yeah." So I told her the story, and she realized that I read it, and she goes, "Okay." Next month, we're going to watch the movie, and we're just going to just play it, and then, like, you know, just kind of get people interested for our next book that we're going to read, which I think, Wind of the Willows, or some other fantasy book. It was, that was or, like, The Wardrobe. Or maybe that's what it was. You read that in sixth grade. So maybe that's what or it that's was. That's when I started. And then, so, I basically, watch that to get, like, a taste bud of, like, so fantasy. So then you watched the then, old one that we, so then you'd seen that one, because that's, that's the one that, did they show, was, do you remember if it was the cartoon we, or the We saw action? part of it. We didn't see the whole thing, because okay. she like, gave me the tapes so I could watch the rest of it. But, um, yeah, I liked it. It was the the animation was weird and okay. funky. So you, and, the, you saw the cartoon one. Yes. Okay, that's done by Bill Mendelsohn, who did all the Charlie Brown cartoons. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he did a lot of the animation. I think. I mean, they're all obviously based off of what's his face's design. So that old animation has always been like my thought about the Hobbit. So I've always kind of had this like loving 
fondness to the book itself because I haven't read it in, like since then. Right? Yeah, so I read it and, last week. Yeah, and like I remember it being like such a long book, not long at all. No, it's <laughs> I, not. I, I need to start getting the Potter country. Yeah, so I read it in like two days, two and a half days. Yeah, and so um, but yeah, uh, but the way that it's written is very much like. Tolkien grandpa is telling you the story and it's basically and then I like how it leaves things open and like you know at this point this is when Bilbo had his other adventure we won't talk about that but we'll get to it later I mean it's very kind of well, like that's that's a that's a staple kind of in well I, there's a couple Tolkien does I, I saw Tolkien did it but so does um, Lewis oh Lewis about okay. Narnia but that's the thing that Jack Palina kind of does too is where he kind of talks to the talks to you as yeah. a reader yeah you know um, and so that's what Stephen King does it too He'll tell you like as like things are happening, like he goes like, Oh, and this is the last time he saw him alive. Yeah. Let's move on. And that's then you get you, to that That's how you get people to keep reading. Yeah. And then that's so why like Stephen King is good. Yeah. And then so um but like the story itself, I mean, it's a like knowing now that these are based on his like experiences, thoughts. Yeah. his thoughts and experiences about World War one. one and two specifically. Yeah, two. Like you you see it. I mean you see the similarities like because I had no idea. I thought it was just a fun little story. About this like little hobbit, who gets thrown into this adventure that he doesn't want to be a part of, but I mean like he he takes his role. You know yeah. I mean like he's like he's the burglar. You know I mean he's like the which now you know like he's just the scout who's going out and yeah. doing recon for like his platoon or his company. It's so, like yeah. you see it then how like he gets trapped by these ogres who are obviously like you know. German sympathizers. You know I mean, yeah. and it's just kind of like you you start to see the breakdown of the whole. Yeah, story structure, but like, I mean, like, he ma- he makes it a thing, and then like, so I'm not sure. I should have probably done more research as to where Tolkien was during the war. Well, exactly that's, the battle. Like, I know the battle. Like, I had family members that told me about these books as a kid, and I never really got to them. Okay. Um, I think if I, I think if my uncle hadn't passed away when I was when I was like ten, uh-huh. and I was reading more, I, I, you probably would have got to this faster. I think I would have gotten to it faster because I think I would have it would have been something I can talk to him about because he loved those books as a kid. Yeah, yeah. But like a lot of the detail in the war when you get to the Lord of the Rings, like yeah. the last book is like you can tell it's just like detail of him being in a bunker during fucking oh yeah World War Two and shit just blowing up around him. Yeah, and you can tell that's what he was writing. Like he must have been in you know he must have been in lockdown, and that's why these books are so fucking huge. Yeah, probably. In the th- this story, they talk about like the story ends uh, t- at the Lonely Mountain. Yeah, and so the Lonely Mountain is there's like a uh, dwelling of people. Oh, so there's a dragon <laughs> in this story. There's a dragon, uh, smog, and like I- the story is basically so Bilbo's fucking hanging out at his house, hanging out at his house, fucking smoking on his por- porch, smoking his weed, <laughs> right? Because in the Lord of the Rings, they refer to it as sweet weed or whatever the how they call it. Yeah. And so Bilbo's just hanging out on his porch just smoking well, on his pipe. Well, tobacco is what they probably... It's, it's tobacco, tobacco, but tobacco. man, people like... And I remember being at the Lord of the Rings movie and then like Gandalf makes a joke about weed and then everybody losing their mind. Well, it's also Peter Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so... so he meets Gandalf. Gandalf comes in and, and he, like... Gandalf knew him as like a kid. Like, yeah. knew him as a kid, but he didn't remember Gandalf really because he knew his dad, Bungo. Yeah. <laughs> Bungo Baggins. Yeah. And the thing too, it's like with like, with Gandalf. I believe in this story, Tolkien wrote Gandalf to just be a wizard. But in the Lord of the Rings lore and everything, Gandalf isn't a man. He's you know not I mean? a man. What is he? He's a he's a different being. He's a 
Astari. Okay. Now, the Astari is basically, like, an embodiment of, like, an angel. Okay. But he's in a human form, so he doesn't overpower... It limits his power with the world itself. So that's why when... Uh, do you know the whole Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White? Yeah, I know there's the different... There's Grey, and then Christopher Lee pops up in that other one as White. Yeah. Now, are they both called Gandalf? I, I, no, no, no. no. The, the Gandalf is just his name. But, like, the thing is, there's like... the Grey, there's the White. He was the White wizard. It's basically... Uh, yeah. Wow, that sounds super racist. <laughs> but it's uh, basically... It's just tears of, like, Gandalf the Grey tinged, whereas White is, like, the more concentrated, more, like, yeah. powerful. But... Um, and in these stories, the gods end up uh, tasking all the stories with these tasks. Okay. And all of them fail. The only one that actually does his, like, task that he was assigned to is Gandalf. Okay. So being that he's Gandalf the Great. Is that something that's popped up in the Cimmerillion type of thing? Yeah. Okay. yeah well, they, they kind of explain it there, and then also you kind of know it through the story of Lord of the Rings that, like, okay. he's... He's the one who was tasked with something and he was carrying it through. So he's the only one out of all the stories that like did his job. Everyone else failed. So like he's like he's like an it's it's weird. So it's basically Bilbo has been touched by an angel, and that angel was Gandalf. <laughs> okay. So um But yeah, in this story so, he, in this story he's he's not an, he's not He's not it, it's, he's just a wizard. I mean he's just right. like a man walking okay. around. Because they don't take his presence known as much because like this is where the whole redcon thing kind of happens. Where like if you watch the Peter Jackson movies, movies Gandalf and the wizard, when all the dwarves are like there and they're all just questioning him, yeah, like that essence just turns the room black and he gets louder and darker and then it's just kind of like people are like oh shit yeah you're a wizard you know what I mean but yeah. that's more like uh, that type of move power move that he did there was more like the starry. Yeah. Kind of thing, but yeah. So, um, one thing I will say about this book that I didn't realize okay. you did not tell me this book was a musical. <laughs> it is. See, again, I don't see music. I didn't see music in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. I didn't see music in this because, this yeah, there's a, a shot ton, you know, a shit ton of, uh, shit ton of like, uh, songs throughout the whole book. And it's one of those where it's even when I read and I see music, so this stuff, is why you just kind of skip it. I'm like, it's funny because I'm like watching the, the movies and the, like the first movie. I got to get through the first movie, um, and I'm all, so is this three movies so they can fit all these fucking songs in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of singing, and but, I, I was surprised that they didn't. I mean, they didn't really fit that many songs into it. No, because even the songs. They give you clues to what you need, but like you, you carry the story without the songs. You know what I mean, but yeah, every fucking time yeah. I'm just like, really, okay, neat. Then, but I like the way how Tolkien like realizes like you know uh, when he writes he goes like you know Bilbo realized he fucked up. Uh, yeah. I'm sure as you the clever listener picked up where he fucked up, but this yeah. is I'm going to tell you how he fucked up, and then he tells him like the story. But, but I got to a point in that first chapter, which is an hour long for a first fucking chapter of a book, dude. Oh, yeah. I listened yeah. to it, and they and they sing the songs. <laughs> and I was just like, I got to a point where I'm like, you know, if we could just start the adventures, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, because like, the thing is, like, Gandalf comes in and tells him, like, hey, I want you to be an adventurer. And Bilbo's like, fuck off, Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically Gandalf, then, like, I guess at that time, he puts a, uh, uh, a symbol on his door. 
so that way all the dwarves could come in and like gather in because the story is uh thorin oakenshield um his grandfather was as dwarves were doing got greedy and dug into the mountain too deep and found the heart of the mountain which is the gold which is that well no that it's like a uh like a shining oh, stone. Oh, yeah, that's right. The stones and they started making all this stuff. Uh, the Arkin... Arkinstone. Arkinstone. And then so, basically, um, they... that's when Smong came in yeah. and f- fucking destroyed them and then took over the gold because dragons just love gold. Yeah. And then so, now the story is Oakenshield, his grandson, coming back wanting to... to reclaim to, the, reclaim the, his, the like, kingdom, yeah. essentially. And so, basically, now... They've asked Gandalf for help on this. Gandalf picks Bilbo as his uh, burglar. Uh-huh. Because the thing is, like, the dragon knows the smell of dwarves, but doesn't know the smell of hobbits. And hobbits have a tendency to be very elusive. And they, if they don't want to be seen, they don't, they're don't. they not seen. Yeah. So, hence why Gandalf was like, this is a perfect... And the fact that Gandalf knew Bilbo when he was a little boy and how adventurous he was, he figured, perfect, I know the perfect Hobbit. Because Hobbits yeah. are very respectful, very calm, very British, you know, like... Very British, yes. Uh, well, then, and that's why I like I like uh, Martin... Here's my beef. I like Martin Freeman. Oh, I think he's great. I think he tells a perfect mm, Bilbo. I, I've got a beef. Oh, what? I think he plays... I feel like he plays... Bilbo, like he played fucking Arthur Dent. I don't feel like there's. I think he's just being Martin Freeman, which works for Arthur Dent. Like you take Martin. Yeah, Freeman, yeah, yeah. Okay, see what you mean. Yeah, but it kind of same, bothers same me. Acting. It seems like the exact same acting, just a little more adventurous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not as hesitant as Arthur Dent was. That's the only difference I feel. Shit. Now that you say that, yeah, I see that one hundred percent. And I like him. I, I like Martin Freeman, and I love him in. I love him as Arthur in Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. But this, like, it's a little. It, it, it just felt like the same fucking character that he played in that, which is, and it's two different types of stories. Yeah, but characters. you know what? He does act the same way. You feel like Bilbo and Arthur Dent are the same yeah. person? Or they, same act, they act the same way. Okay. Because the thing is, like, he's very hesitant the same way. Same thing here. Like, it's the same awkwardness when, uh, what's his name? Bebo Brox comes in, and he's just very, just like, ah, no, thank you. Uh, blah, blah. The very kind of stuttering, trying to be polite, but get the fuck out. Yeah. The same way he was with all these dwarves. Like, very, and then, like, he knew when he had his fill with him, he goes, I'm tired, get out. But very kind of calm and reserved. Same thing with, like, Bebo Brox when, like, he's acting full on the ship. It, mm-hmm. They act the same way. And I hate you now for making that observation. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really thought he did a great job. But he's a bad job, but I feel it's a little derivative. Yeah, because he's acting the same way. And just and because I, and you're British. Because I don't see Britishness, polite Britishness, <laughs> as, polite as, British irritation as this. Polite British irritation as a derivative for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, like I, and I don't always think derivative is. I don't always think derivative is a bad thing. Like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh-huh. he does that character everywhere. That's all that. That's all he does is that fucking character. Is Charlie, which yeah. Char- and Charlie is good at that character, and it works in some places. It doesn't work in other places. Yeah, horrible bosses. He's not as the f- I, I, as I, imbecilic I, as I he only is. I like the first horrible bosses. The second one I couldn't. I've seen the first one, but he's not like a, a, an so. idiot dolt like he is in It's Always Sunny. Yeah, but yeah, I see the similarities. Yeah, like, and I and but sometimes one note works for somebody, and I think he's and I think he's smart enough to where he's realized that, and he just kind of he's just like Dean bad. Martin. 
Any Dean Martin? Hey. Dean Martin's got that one note. He's just that kind of like... The, 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 hey, what's up? The uh, fun drunk. The fun drunk, yeah. Yeah. And like, well, basically, that's how Dean Martin was in real life, though. It was probably just a fun drunk. But then, like, when you see his, like... Because I went to the Dean Martin show to watch all those old Dean Martins. Cause it's funny skits. Super. Yeah. <laughs> super. Kind of like not today's funny skits. Because, like, uh, a lot of that shit would not fly. Yeah. But still super funny. All those skits, you realize... It's just the same formula in different situations. Yeah, and that, you know, I mean, and I don't always think that I don't always think it's a bad thing. I mean, you can argue that with the Jay and Silent Bob movies. True. I mean, you can make yeah. that argument with anything, and if it's something you like, it's fine. But you know, kind of pivot a bit. Yeah. And I, I, I just I don't see the difference that much between Arthur Dent and that and Bilbo on this. Yeah. But like going back to the story, so uh, Bilbo goes on this adventure. It's captured by. Trolls. Yeah, he tricks the trolls to stay out past sundown. Sundown. I thought Gandalf comes in and does that. Yeah, well, he could, he like charms yeah. them to like kind of like, keep sticking around and then yeah. Psh. But then like Bilbo's the one who's the smarter one. Like he's like the one who's like, as he's getting more comfortable with like who he is in this role of just like this yeah. company, he's the better planner. He's the better like you know the thinker of the whole group yeah because even then they all start to respect him and they all start to trust him with the map which i didn't like that in the movie where they kind of made him like kind of like the you're not worthy to be in this group because thorin keeps doing that yeah because thorin's a dick thorin is a dick yeah and even the fucking elven king what's his face uh oh the pie maker yeah (laughs) cocksucker (laughs) but what cocksucker just I, i don't like him why don't you like the pie maker? I just I don't, don't like, like him. Face. I don't like him. I just I feel he's weird and very effeminate, just in his like bald head and crown with his moose that he rides around. I don't like it. I don't uh, trust that's him. A, that's okay. He I don't can, trust him. that wood elf. Could go fuck himself. But even that wood elf is a uh, um, king. king wood elf. Yeah, is um kind of a dick because he's everyone in this well, story all, is, but, but the elves and the greedy. dwarves hate each other at this point yeah too. but they're all greedy too I mean they're all they all want the same thing you know what I mean gold no that I'm that talking. stone that Arkenstone oh, Arkenstone yeah and then so it's one of those where it's like the same thing happens with the story with like anything else when there's an item given kind of like with how Native Americans and, uh, Native Americans are more known for this where if they give you a gift it is your gift, and then but once you're you're gone, you're no longer here. It are goes you, it goes back to the tribe. Are you, are you sure? Oh, that's where Indian giver comes from. But see, most people just took it. No, it's, you gave it to me, so it's mine. So I get yeah. to keep it on. And it's this whole like, like no, this gift was given on to you from the tribe, and I'm then sorry. now it goes goes back to the tribe. Native American giver. Native American, yeah. As soon as he said Indian giver, ooh, I got like I got heated. I was like, ooh, you don't say that. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> But, like, it's one of those where it's, like, the same thing with, like, the dwarves. If they give you something, you, it, it goes back to it. Yeah. If you if, And then even with, like, other, so like, legends. Because even with, like, the in elves. In this analogy, what are the elves? Who are the elves supposed to be? I mean, clearly the, the goblins and the, I'm sorry, and the orcs, those are the fucking Germans. The, um, the are orcs the, are the Germans. The orcs are the Germans. Um, um, are the dwarves the, the trolls British? are the sympathizers. Yeah. Like the Nazi, symp- yeah. the, 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 like the, the, the fascist, sympathizers. fascist sympathizers. So the then socialists. would like the, the, the socialists. Yeah. So then would the dwarves be like Britain? The dwarves would be... Because they're on the front lines. And then, okay. No, I feel like the dwarves represent not just Britain, but just the army. So the then companies. are the elves France? Fuck yeah. 
Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Because, yeah, I mean... Because they're very pompous and they're very kind of, like, very polished and this is us and they're very aristocratic in, like, their fucking, like, demeanor. Okay. And they're very much, like, it's not our war. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like France. So, yeah. Or maybe Switzerland. Because they're very not my war. Fuck off. Because the reason I say Switzerland is because the, the main conflict happens at the Lonely Mountain. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Switzerland, in Lucerne, there is a mountain that is, uh, legend has it that a dragon lives there. And it's very kind of like, ooh, this is so cool. And then like, even on the maps and stuff, when you go over the Alps, mm-hmm. the little gondolas things, the legend of the dragon that sleeps on top of the mountain is there. And it's kind of very much depicted as like smog in the mountain, the lonely mountain. Because it's just like this lonely mountain yeah. with the dragon on top of it. So it's kind of like, okay, maybe this is where... Tolkien got his idea for for smog. for smog. And then being, because, like, you know, the war was happening, so you'd be going around everywhere. Switzerland was uh, independent in this whole war because they didn't want to be part of anything. So it just kind of made sense that they would go to Switzerland to get to Germany. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just be in Switzerland so, like, you, you're not crossing any borders you shouldn't be crossing and then going into a fight where... Yeah, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. Then they go on their quest to the Misty Mountain. Yeah. Um, and they go to Goblin Town. Yes. Which, that was so... I like the, the way the the way the, the Big Goblin looks. So, I like the, the Misty Mountain, I want to say, is Austria. You think so? I think so. Why do you think it's Austria? Because it's not like Mordor would be like Germany. Okay, so I'm not Mordor yet. Mordor, uh, like, so that's Lord of the Rings, and that's yeah. where, like, I, uh, I know the like. Eye of Sauron is at. Like, that's where his pure evil is, like, centralized. So Mordor would be Germany. Okay, that makes sense. And then, so, being that, like, we're now we're the global country. Warsaw, but, like, Warsaw and Austria. Warsaw is Austria, right? No, yeah. Warsaw is Poland. Poland. Okay, so kind of in that same yeah. area. But I thought that wasn't until World War II. No, but at the same time, like, during... Wow, we're talking a lot, a lot about wars. Yeah. Because we were talking about war prior to us recording. Because I was telling you how Hitler got his asshole nut shut off. In World War In one. World War One. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, Misty Mountain, mm-hmm. Goblin Town... Goblin Town, yeah. And so they're, they get captured by the goblins, they escape. But at one point, um, Bilbo gets separated and he gets knocked out. Yeah. And at that point, when he wakes up, he finds the ring. Yes. And then he finds Gollum. Yeah. Very shortly after. Which that. he gets his name from how he clears his throat. Gollum. Gollum. Is that? Oh, yeah. Right. And then so that's where, like, uh, Bilbo realizes that he needs to outsmart Gollum because, like, the thing well, is... Well, they, like, they have the, the, the real competition. Yeah. Did you like that? That was went on for a little long. That it went be... on for a little long, but it's... Uh, see, this is where it's, like... I think when I read it, it was right when it was, like, riddles and children's stories were fun and cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, these are children's stories, essentially. I mean, so yeah. is, so is Nar- the Narnia books. Yeah. The Narnia books are... And so this is, like, where I was like, oh, this is super cool. But then, like, the more you read, the more... Riddles are just fucking annoying. Yeah, the way the way I like here's what here's what kind of plays out at one point where it's all. What's in my Gollum's pocket? like, I can't find my ring, and Bill was like, Oh man, that sucks, bro. <laughs> like, and yeah. he's kind of like, Oh dude, you're, you're oh, 
Ah, what's in my pocket? (laughs) (laughs) It goes, you did, but he's like, ah. Well, partway through, he's like, like, I know what's in there. Yeah. Give give us a chance. We need more than chances. Like, you know, it's like, is it this? Is it that? But yeah. This is where, like, um, the ring itself is basically just an invisible magic ring. You put it on, disappear. That's how Gollum tracks, traps everybody and, like, yeah. gets them and eats them. But in Lord of the Rings, the ring represents something different. And it has to do with addiction. And the, the fact that, like, because the word addiction didn't exist when he wrote those books. Okay. And so the ring itself was talking about, because you see it affect... Uh, Frodo to the point where like he gets mean and desperate just to have the ring. But then, so but then the kind of like well, but Gollum, that's but that's uh, one of those things is like you know he only uses the it's he only like, has a small exposure to it. But then like the Bilbo like only has it for a bit. I mean he only right, uses but, it here and there. But I can see. But Frodo he carries it for a long time. But, but not, even then, like, but not going on like if okay, then you can argue if Bilbo had this ring at the beginning of his first adventure, he'd be using that ring a lot more like Frodo does. Yeah, but the thing too, it's like Frodo. You see it take hold of his heart, mm-hmm. and you see the corruption so like happen quickly. You know what I mean, and that's why like it, it gets to the point where like he becomes a ring bearer because he's the only one who can like sustain away from its like yeah its but, power. But, but, I mean, you can see the same thing about Bilbo though. I mean, it, it could have you see it at the end of the story that he that's his ring and like fuck off. But he doesn't want to show Gandalf the ring right away too because he's keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. But like at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. You see the effect it had on Bilbo and how, like, he's just it's given him an extremely long life and it's very kind of this thing. And he, he, you see him snap because, like, this ring is going to be taken away from him. But uh, this story, it's a very more kind of like just a magic ring and it's just it's not the ring affecting him as it does in the other stories, but it's basically him just wanting this power ring. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it gives him like the special, it makes him special that he couldn't be beforehand. Because now he has a, an ace up his pocket where he could just like put it on, disappear, and solve whatever's going on. Because a difference, jumping ahead in the story, is Smog could smell and sense Bilbo in the treasure room. Yeah. And the, and the dragon's kind of well, like looking around. He knows there's something there, but he can't put his finger on yeah, it. Yeah, he could feel the wind change, and he could smell him, but he can't see him. But in the, in the movie, with the Peter Jackson movie, they changed that up just to build the tension more. Where uh, Smog could see him, not physically see him, but just have an essence of where he's he, at. When because he, he's invisible, so it's yeah. kind of like that predator that, that, that motion. Weird predator. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then after the, he gets out, he he escapes. He he escapes. Uh, Goblin Gollum. Time. Oh, and he yeah, runs, yeah. and he runs into and the Goblin, and he finds everybody. Yeah, because then as him becomes the, um, he finds his sword there, doesn't he? Oh, he, no, he no, he gets sting around that around like right before, like right after that, he okay. gets out yeah. and he finds him. But in the movie, he finds it earlier. Yeah, the movie, like which I've got a question about the sword. Okay. Names the sword Sting because you name your uh, your weapons after what they are able to do, and it's a small sword, so it's just going to sting a bit. Yeah. Now, Gordon Sumner was is in a little band called the Police. Yes. He was a teacher before he was in the Police. Do you think he got Sting based off of the name of the sword in this book? Oh, shit. I thought you were going to be like, I'm like, no, this book was way before that. But yeah, maybe. It's because not, there's a lot of, like, a lot of musicians, like, this was like a staple book that people read. 
Yeah. Because, like... And even him being kind of... Led Zeppelin, like, referenced, like, Lord of the Rings constantly. I mean, or... There's a few songs that they reference it to. But even big bands, like, people... This is the book that you read. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I would... I I, I, I just... When I was reading this, I'm like, I wonder if that's where he got it. He probably did, dude. It kind of makes sense to me. I mean, logically, going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Because even then, that's a weird name to name yourself, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it, though. That's cool. Uh, that's my theory. I'm going to go on it. I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I didn't, gonna, I didn't look gonna, it up to back it up. But no, I'm going to say it's true. Make, it kind of makes sense. I'll be that false claim of the world. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so then they get to the... Uh, I kind of like how they they start saying... They'll, they'll say the names of the chapters in the movie uh, yeah, yeah. as you're getting there, like right when they're starting to fight. Because they don't say out of the frying pan into the fire... In the story, but they call that the name of that chapter with the yeah. wolves. Now, I kind of like here, this is what I kind of dug. Also, I forget how long that Peter Jackson movie is, dude. Yeah. It's like two and a half hours, and it only gets to chapter six. Yeah, dude. And so, um, also, that's a lot of singing for a battle in the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like, but I, I do like that there's this food chain. Like, dwarves, hobbits, goblins, wolves, and then those eagles come in and fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's kind of this food chain in this... In, I, I, I get this more vibe of an ecosystem out of the story than uh-huh. I do out of a lot of other books. Like, I, there's like an e- I, I don't know how, how, like, I don't know what I, I can't pinpoint what I heard to make that connection. That, that connection. Yeah. But I feel like there's more of an, e- there's more of an ecosystem than I've heard before. Yeah. 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 But they, they're, they're fighting um, the goblins and the wolves, the wargs. Yeah. How do you think of the battles? The battles, I mean, and again, it's 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 the same thing. They they write them out, very kind of like open ended. Yeah, then, but which is like Peter Jackson when he did the Lord of the Rings films, he was always acknowledged the fact that he never did the Hobbit movies because as much as he did, he did the Lord of the Rings. He was always related to the Hobbit movie, which I don't think they needed. I don't think movies. they needed to make this the Hobbit movie. I'm okay with them making it, but I don't think they needed three movies. Yeah. I think they could have wrapped it up in two. For sure. Easily. Because, like, it, it, it just goes on too long. And the thing is, like, even with, like, his Lord of the Rings movies, just like this one, it's cut up and things well, are moved around just to kind of speed up the story and just give each yeah. movie its own arc. But it feels like, aren't there, like, four-hour cuts of the other movies, though? Yeah, I, it seems like he just I, he just went and adapted. It feels like he filmed everything in those fucking books and just edited the movies together. Basically, he's like, yeah. Basically, I think that's what he did because the thing is, like, they refer to these like battles and stuff, and you don't see them, and you hear how heroic and awesome they were, and it gives your imagination time to play with it and make it bigger than what it is. Which I yeah. think is why people love him so much because everyone's depiction of the story is different, but kind of the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then we're he just filmed every battle. To an extreme, you I mean so you see it all. So that's why the movies I think are so good because like you see this journey and then you're seeing like. But also, the Peter Jackson world. does that thing where he holds a shot too long. You know what I mean? Like he kind of um, goes slow motion and hold it, hold on way longer than I feel like he, it needs to be held. I, and I think that it's, barrel I, riding scene I think it's went a, on too long. The what? The barrel riding scene? Yeah. Um, the and I think it's just in his newer stuff because he he kind of has more reign to do it. Like you don't see that in Dead in Dead Alive. No, I want to see Dead Alive. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> but, but, um, it's, yeah, I mean, and that's the Peter Jackson I like, is that Peter Jackson. I just wish he can fucking do whatever he wants, and you know he has the money, just fucking do something like that. Yeah. 
But like, it's just you went know now that now that we're talking about this, I realize why Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings. He did it awesome. Mm-hmm. I like those uh, movies. Yeah, I like, I, I like the books. Um, he did uh, the Hobbit, which is cool. I I'm okay with this. His movies for mm-hmm. the Hobbit. It's just I don't like that it. He just cut it up and melted it into three. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, you could have gotten away with two. Yeah, because you don't need like it, this. This book is pretty short. You know what I mean, like it's, it's he has these adventures where he gets check marks of like badges of courage. Smog is defeated, and then he goes back home, and then he writes his story that he gives to Frodo at the end, at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. After he did the the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, he did that. Cimmerillion. No, he uh, Peter Jackson did that. Oh. Um, they must not grow old, or they shall not grow old, uh-huh. which is a World War One documentary. So you yeah. realize, like, ah, Peter Jackson just likes a war, yeah. war theme type of things. So he's getting into his forties and fifties very well then. Yeah, <laughs> because like, because it, it, it didn't dawn on me that like I was like I thought that was such a weird jump that he did Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, which is fantasy. Then he did like this war documentary, but mm-hmm. then it makes more sense because literally, those two other stories were just metaphors for war. And then he did this war documentary, like, honoring all the old soldiers that passed away. Yeah. So then, um, so after that, after that battle, they are taken by the eagles yeah. away from everything to kind of heal, and and then they go... And we see the eagles, oh, not, you know, if we're going to do Lord of the Rings, we'll see the eagles later on. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they go to, to Bjorn. Yes. Which I didn't get to that part of the movie because I I don't have for whatever reason I didn't have the second I couldn't find the second movie. Oh really? Not anything that I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that old cartoon one, they used to show that on Disney Channel all the time. Really? That old cartoon? That's it's kind of it's it's weird because it's very like that, it's Rob Bakshi. That's the guy who did Cool World and he did fucking um, Wizards and yeah. he did. Well, the yeah. the thing about like uh, that animation for like it bothered me and how like detail they were trying to be for an animated movie because like because you see you see that fat pudgy wrinkly hobbit face and you're like oh that's not what i picture as a hobbit because like that's like a fat little gnome type of a thing you know i mean it's just i think that's why i didn't like it but i did like how the dragon was animated i did like how when gandalf uses magic and how it like and this weird like lord of the rings like that too yeah and then like which is the same type of like yeah, artistry. Hermine. It's like that seventies hyper real. I don't know if he like because it, it reminds me of rotoscope without being rotoscope. You well, know what I mean? he did a lot of rotoscope. He did. I mean, um, he has a movie called American Pop, which is bad, but it goes through. You might dig it. I didn't like it. It was like a bunch of music and they animate music to, like rotoscope. The only like musical like directed artistry that I like is Fantasia, because it's like it's they like that's the only one where it's like. The animation is just only based on its music. Mm-hmm. That is it. I mean, like, yeah, well, they have like, hipples that, and stuff like that, which is cool and dancey, but like, it fits so well. Where as anything else I've seen, where the animation is based on the music, I don't like. Well, he was very big on sound as well. Disney was. Disney okay. was huge on sound. So I mean, you just take he he took sound. I mean, that's what a lot of those early shorts are. He drew to the sound. Yeah. I mean, I mean, kind of like um, I know that's how you do a lot of cartoons anyway. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Those fighting sequences were based on like whatever the sound. Was, Whatever yeah. the sound was, the music was, that's what we're doing it to. Yeah. And it works super well. That's so so is are you saying Cowboy Bebop is a fantasia of, of a new art generation? <laughs> yes it is. 
Uh, okay, so they're about to meet Bjorn. I didn't, Video. See, I didn't even see that part of it. Yeah. But um, so they're in Mirkwood, and yep. they meet Bjorn, and he can change into a bear. Yeah, he's just but about... also it turns out you can get a sandwich for a story. Because he's like, oh, I don't have money to give you, but if you sing, I can give you food. Yeah, well, this is very much like um, all these like things that he's saying now are very like staples in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you got goblins, you got halflings, you got like these different types of people or civilizations that live together. Um, you skin changers are very often referenced to in other fantasy stories. Like I know skin changers are big in. Uh, Game of Thrones, okay. A Song of Ice and Fire, okay. Because there's a, they refer to it as warging, and a lot of different like fantasies have their own yeah. words for different things. Yeah, but, like I mean, that, and I'm sure in some places it's werewolves, yeah. or were bears, or wherever the fuck they are turning yeah. into. You know what? As fantasy goes, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. It's kind of like your bread and butter. Like that's the that's kind of like your introduction. That's Everything like, that's in this stories. The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings are like the the textbook. It's like your textbook's fantasy. Right. Everything that you need to know. Everything that's kind of there is set in stone and kind of like these are kind of like guidelines to working a fantasy story. What what's the fucking series? Uh, a Wheel of Time. I've been told to read Fuck. Wheel of Time, but there's a bunch of fucking stories. There's a bunch on. of stories, but dude, that does. That does. I'm probably gonna wait for the TV super show. Super good. I'm probably gonna wait for the TV show. Super good. The way that they have their magic work I'm scale sure. okay. is pretty dope because it's like you take too much into it and you end up just self destructing. It's it's a it's trippy. The Witcher. Um, oh, I right, so it's a game. I never played the game. Game's fun. Um, the I, books I heard that the games are based off of, or the books are based I off of the games. Books, the games are based off of the books, I believe, but he's made stuff since the games have been out. Yeah. And I think they try to go with the game. As much as I don't want to like The Witcher. You do? I do. I saw some of the show. I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it either, but I liked it. And then I was like, you know what? And like, but I'm also okay with what's his face? With uh, Superman? With Superman. Yeah, I'm okay with him. So the first time I saw Superman was... The Tudors. The Tudors. And I he was... I watch The Tudors. He was uh, Henry, I think. No... He's somebody else. He's not Henry. What's his face? Is Henry? No, uh, uh, the other guy. The, the guy. Charlie. No, no, he's no. The, the guy that's in. Um, Fuck! What's his name? He's in the Velvet Goldmine movie. Velvet? What the fuck are you talking about? He's in Velvet Goldmine. I thought Jonathan Rhys Meyers is in Velvet. Oh Goldmine. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about. Uh, that's Morgan. the guy who plays King, King Henry in the show. No, I know, but I was thinking of. Uh, Shit, what's his name? Henry, well, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Henry Cavill. Uh, his character's name is... Oh, also it's, Henry. it's a lord of something. Or whatever. Like, the first thing that you see of him is just basically him plowing this girl, and his butt cheeks are just bouncing on the thing, mm-hmm. and the dad walks in to that girl. He's like, you fucking asshole, I'll have your throat. But, like, he can't do anything because he's a lord. He's like, hey, go fucking talk to your king, bitch. And then he fucking throws up his fucking, like, pants, grabs him, and just kind of walks out of there, and he's like... I think he makes a comment about his daughter not being virtued anymore, or like something about her being a whore. Yeah. And he gets out, and the dad smacks the fuck out of his like daughter. And that's like, that's the Henry Cavill that I know. So it's just kind of like that's my Henry Cavill. So it's so beat him, Washington, and Witcher. I feel like those two roles are kind of the same. You know what I mean? Because like he's very yeah. I enjoy like what I've seen of The Witcher. 
I like it. I like it. And then plus it has like a, I don't know, like a better, more aggressive fantasy outtake. But same thing with like, with this story is just he's learning to live with these elves and learning to yeah. live with like the hobbits and stuff. But so yeah. Maybe you cut that out. That had nothing to do with yeah, what we're talking about. I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll have to keep. So then the Gandalf leaves. Gandalf leaves. And they are going through some more woods. I like how Gandalf pops in and out. Like, yeah. hey, hey, what's up, bro? Hey, bitch. What's up, bitch? They get in the woods and they get separated again. And he has to fight a spider. Oh, some yeah. spiders. And he saves everybody from the spiders. Yeah, because of the ring. Because of the ring. Again. Again. And then um, the barrel's out of... Stand, like, that's the oh. bear rider yeah that's the, the barrel part that you're yeah. talking about that's, see I didn't get to that part of the movie so okay. it's I'm sure it's like the fucking wheel in, in Pirates of the Caribbean too. yeah so basically uh, him jumping in the barrel and it's going over the waterfalls and like that scene in the movie goes on way too long so then it's he, cool it's exciting but it's one of those where it's like there's nothing going else in that story in that movie cause it's yeah. just you know what I mean it's just that, so I they that. just extend that long scene to make it like more exciting but I feel like the movies were too padded with bullshit that's why you, I was, I that's why I was like kind of like ah, okay cool you yeah. can do too um so then um he gets to the what else yeah that's where he meets fucking pie maker yeah yeah wait have you have you explained why you call him pie maker oh cause he was on uh <laughs> Uh, raising daisies or pushing daisies, pushing daisies, and he, and he played the pie maker. The pie maker, he made pies, but he can. Yeah, he would do it is he would buy all those really huge. Pushing daisies is if somebody died, he can touch them again and they come back to life. But if he touches them the second time, if he touches them the second time, they go, they die. But also, if somebody dies around him because it needs to even out, right? Yeah. Was that the was that the other thing with it? Like it needs to even out. Yeah. And so he would make all this pies for he 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 was like a successful pie person because he'd buy all the fruit rotten, and then he that, then he would touch them and they'd come back to life. It would be super fresh, and then he'd sell them, and, and then, then that, the, that's why he became super popular as like the best pie, pie maker. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so they there's like tension between the dwarves and the elves still, and I think there's a lot that that's where they have a lot of the tension in that. Yeah, because the dwarven king asked. The wood elf for help when like the, yeah, the dragon like, came and then he's like eh, fuck you <laughs> and then like that's when that whole beef started and like because like even before then they didn't like each other yeah and then so that's where i think maybe the see the dwarves would be like just the army company in general like yeah just saying, the, like but it like, would probably be just british armies because like the british and the french hate each other yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah so damn froggers <laughs> So then eventually they had to start going to the Lonely Mountain. Yep. And they get there and they're looking for the secret door, which can only be seen on a certain holiday or something like that, right? Like yeah. That big thing. And like, then there's also... Like, it was like St. Duncan's Day or something like that. Yeah. And, you, and they just see it like when the sun's shining on it perfectly. Yeah. And Bilbo just happens to see it because he's the scout. Because like, he has through. the best eyes at yeah. the whole like. So that's kind of like the... Like him scouting out a base, essentially. Yeah. And then, but like, even then, like, that's kind of a thing too where like... And um, with the Fellowship of the Rings, um, I feel like we're referencing that, but you have to with these stories. But yeah. like, um, they get to a, I think it's the dwarven door to the mines, and they can't get 
past it, mm-hmm. but the only way to see it is through moonlight on a certain day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it has to be a full moon, so it's just basically, like, these precise moments that they happen to walk upon. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, how lucky are they to be there on the day it happens? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. So then they he, he finds the door, he gets inside, yep. and he sees Smog, and like he said, Smog can kind of... Smell something here, but smell it. you can't see him. You can't see him. That's why he's, he's telling. Him, that's why he's telling him like come out or whatever. He's trying to trick him to come out. Yeah, and it's like a really pleasant exchange because it's very British. It's oh very, yeah, like, super British. But then he gets all kind of Tracy working on him and goes, "I ate six ponies last night." Yeah, <laughs> I got. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the dwarf queen pregnant behind the school. <laughs> yeah, but in the, in the, <laughs> I don't get her pregnant. But the, same thing too. It's like this is where. Bilbo has grown too cocky about where he's at because he gives Smog too much information. Yeah. And his whole little bullshit exchange. And he realized, like, fuck, I fucked up. But then, like, um, in the movie, um, Smog is played by uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, yes, I know. It's, it's, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Cumberbatch? 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 No. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, like, I feel like the death of smog in the book was super quick yeah it's just like I'm like oh he's dead okay it was like oh he's gonna fucking kill you all blah 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 and like no one could defeat smog and then oh dead oh um, he died oh shit and then Bilbo's like oh shit he died well fuck it good okay. so yeah which so, was kind of a bummer because um, I remember reading it thinking it was gonna be like the climax and it wasn't and, it's not and no, the story just continues on you're like oh, yeah okay. and I'm like yeah that, that was, was weird I'm like so but in the movie that's like the thing you want to see. You know what I mean? Because it turns into that giant crossbow thing and they shoot him down and like... But they yeah. even tell you in the meeting like because like Bilbo has all this random dragon lore knowledge that he knows. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he knows, ah, I know your weak spot's here, bitch. No, it ain't. Uh, okay, we'll see. Fucking Smog's dead. Oh. Fucking Smog talks like Tracy Morgan, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> I ate six ponies. Yeah, I ate six ponies. Elven ponies, too. I ate six elven ponies. <laughs> Smog is dead. Gandalf returns. Again. Again. What would Gandalf be in, like, a war company? What would he be like that? Yeah, um, that he cut a general just popping in and out, checking okay, on the so troops? Then, okay, so then, then I'll throw this out your way. Is Gandalf your fucking Churchill? Oh... No, because I feel like... Why wouldn't he be the Churchill? No, because I believe, like, the upper beings would be Churchill. But he would be... But the, he would be, like... The upper being before, like... Remember Banner Brothers? Remember Ross? Who was Ross? Oh, no, I don't think he's, like, the Ross. I don't think he's, like, the... the I don't think he's, captain like... Captain or the... No, no, no. No, Jet- that would be, like, a Thorin. A Thorin would be one of those. Yeah, so... Thorin would be closer to that character than anything. The captain? To that... Well, to that... That, that character, that, yeah. that, um... That Ross character. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like Gandalf would be, like, the... Churchill. Churchill, and then, because... Because I find it weird that he would constantly check in to make sure where they were all the time. But, yeah. Like, I guess he like, would. Yeah. Can you say it? I'm sorry. Like who? Like, like, like I don't know. Like who? Churchill. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, and then there's that one part where Thorne goes to throw Bilbo off of a cliff. Oh, dude. Because, like, the thing is, what I like about these characters is that nobody is good. Nobody's a good character. Outside of Bilbo. Only Bilbo. Bilbo is just... Be- <sighs> yeah, he is, but he's he's really not. 
I mean, like, he gets cocky and very sure of himself. But that's and then people, some people do that. If yeah, but... It, that's his first adventure. His only adventure for what yeah. you would, would gather. Yeah, but also, like, it's kind of like... I don't know. But everybody else, like, that you see, like, the Elven King, you figure, okay, this he's a king, he's a good man, but he's a little fucked up in his ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's also super greedy and a dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thorin Oakenshield like he's a you figured he's the hero he's the good man that you fall behind and you you go with him and like this whole troop is there to bring back his glory you know what I mean mm-hmm. to find out hey you're a dick too like you know what I mean like it's like just because you're of a lineage doesn't mean that you're a good person you're so, good so, to, then, like, so then Gandalf him. would be the good person Kinda, or is it kind of? No, not really, because he's great for a reason. Yeah, he's great because he's not up to that higher tier. But then again, he's his main goal is to finish his task, kind of intervening here because he was asked, he was called upon. Yeah, elves specifically called upon for help and called upon Gandalf to help them. Yeah. So, like an angel with a prayer, he's there. Gandalf you know what I mean? Now, I understand the third movie is the is the five armies. Yes. That's yeah, all it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's the it's the humans, it's the elves and the dwarves versus the orcs and the wolves. Yeah. And uh But that didn't need a whole movie. No, didn't. But it's and just, is that literally what the whole third movie is? Is just that? Um no, there's it's more fluff, but yeah, it's mainly just that. And then it's basically okay, you're done. And then you can go back go home, home. Go back home. And then it's just like in the story I find it super offensive that Tolkien wrote down and Bilbo went back home and he didn't go back to his like he didn't go back to his normal life everybody thought he was queer <laughs> no like, no they thought he was dead the way they said it it made me laugh well, so hard the, the, I, like, I like how they think he's dead yeah and those other Bagginses are trying to take over his house oh yeah fuck yeah it's fucking savages <laughs> but I didn't hate it um, it's a, you remember, it is a lot of setup, though. It's a lot of setup, but the thing, though, reading it as a as a kid, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I I liked it way more than I thought mm-hmm. that I would. But like, I think because of that book, I got way into fantasy because it was kind of like, okay, cool, this is cool. I want to know something better than this. And then, yeah. luckily, by then there was a lot of fantasy my way. But I found my transition between fantasy not being the same as I, I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be better. So I remember just reading sci-fi and then just falling over I think over it's going to be because like I read some fantasy and I didn't like it as much as I liked. Yeah. Like I liked b- books closer to Star Wars. Yeah, because like I, I read, um, I started reading The Wheel of Time maybe in junior high and I was like, this is cool, but man, that setup was so, like it starts off badass in this broken castle and shit went down. You're like, fuck yeah. But then it just, it's this giant lull. Before like the set like the actual story begins, and you're like, dude, fuck this story. Forrest, I'm doing well. Well, uh, next week... Super well. What do we do? <laughs> we're going to watch a movie, uh, our second Kevin Smith movie. Ooh, okay. What movie called uh, another Jay... horror? What? No, not horror. Okay. What movie called Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Okay, I can tell you right now, 
I've not seen any poster, know nothing about this whole story, which is shocking because as a Kevin Smith fan, I I would love to watch it. But uh, I think second to the Simpsons would be Kevin Smith movies for us. Yeah, and uh, literally, I heard it was coming out. I I want to I don't want to think it's going to be crap, but I feel like it's going to be crap. I enjoyed it. If you like those movies, you should like this. And so this is just a remake. It's a remake, a reboot. <laughs> okay. All in one. All right. Cool. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for the episode this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit us up at our Instagram at yhblankthat, or you can email us at yhblankthat at gmail dot com. Bye. Bye.